Oh, hello again, friends. How are you? How's your week going? I hope it's amazing and everything is in tune. Uh, today, I sit down with Nameless to ask him a few questions about seeds growing, and um, well, I found out we had a few surprising things in common. Hello again, Nameless. So great to see you. Happy Friday to you. What are you doing now? Um, I'm in the middle of trimming a plant. This plant was grown using new technique, new nutrients. Uh, well, hello, by the way. It's been a while. It's always fun talking to you, man. These exchanges, I'm so glad we're able to put them out there for other people to listen because I've been finding out some really old acquaintances and bandmates and the person responsible for Coin in my stage name, Nameless, because, you know, Nameless came from Nameless Cults. Nameless Cults is the name of the song by the band Wolfat. Uh, shout out to Kent if he's listening. I was talking to him recently, and he's excited about the podcast. He was like, yeah, I'll definitely listen and give you some feedback. Uh, yeah, I've been talking to old friends and old acquaintances that are like, Wow, you have a podcast? Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Like, everybody's so interested now because they didn't know me when I was a real cannabis advocate. Like, we were just smoking it for fun. But now, a few years later, like, I'm finding out everybody's really interested. They see that I've become all about cannabis, basically. <laughs> And they're really getting into it. Thank you for doing this because I would not be having a podcast if I didn't have you running the show, basically. Tuned, man. Thank you, bro. No, thank you. Thank you. This is this is fun. Uh, as long as we are reconnecting with old connections and building new ones and making new friends and keeping the old ones, that's what matters at the end of the day. So I'm... You know, kind of glad to be a fly in the wall in this adventure. It's awesome, man. So trimming. Yeah, I'm trimming. trimming? I'm trimming 24 carat, uh, 24 carat with a C, not with a K, because 24 carat with a K is a known strain. Um, I'll explain difference between photo period and autoflower soon. I am trimming the autoflower, which is 24 carat with C. And it has completely different genetics. And this is the fourth plant of this strain that I grew recently. I'm still smoking two of the others. One of them is already finished. Because I grow small plants. I don't grow them that huge. And this is the last one. I think this is by far the biggest one. And the one that smells the best. I can't wait for you to do this, man. Like... Start growing it and trimming it and processing it in different ways. And this is going to be a great journey for you, bro. So I was, I was very excited to hear that you're sending me seeds. So we're definitely going to talk about about the whole grow journey because I have absolutely no clue about, about any of it. And so I, I assume that trimming the flower is near the end period of growth, Right. So like what comes before, what comes after? Well, because I haven't seen the process. 
there are different stages of trimming because you do trim while the plant is growing. You do trim away some leaves while it's, especially after you flip it to flower. Okay, let me back up a little bit. Tell you, yeah, let's tell talk. You let's about, start from the very beginning yeah, and tell you about seeds. The, the yeah the seeds the genetics because we were talking about and I was trying to think about what kind of seeds I will show you I will send you as a first time grower to have the best experience doing this and I realized I will send you feminized photoperiod seeds. Uh, there's feminized and non-feminized, and there are photoperiod and autoflowering genetics. I'll explain the difference. Feminized and non-feminized should be self-explanatory. Non-feminized are referred to as regs. Regular seeds have a 50-50 chance of being male or female. That's regular. what regular refers to. Male or female, a lot of people don't like to grow regs, including myself, because I don't like having to grow a plant for a few weeks to realize that it's a male and I can't smoke it, because you can't smoke a male. A male cannabis plant just has pollen, pollen sacs. The pollen on the females creates seeds. So technically you don't want pollen around your females unless you're trying to make seeds. Uh, the pollen is, has no cannabinoids. It cannot be used for anything other than impregnating other females if you're trying to produce other seeds. So I'm not a breeder. And I only grow medicine to consume, so I only plant feminized seeds. So I sent you a pack of feminized seeds. Now, the other difference that I was talking about is photoperiod and autoflowering. Photoperiod genetics means that the flowers depending on light schedule. Photoperiod Genetics need at least 18 hours to be in vegetative stage, but in order to go into flower, unlike autoflowers that flower automatically, the photoperiod need 12 hours of darkness. So that 18 hours of light needs to be cut down to 12 hours of light before you can start producing flowers. That means photoperiod Genetics usually take longer. However, you can do so much more with photoperiod genetics. Not only the fact that you get to control how long it stays in the vegetative stage to shape it as big as you want or, you know, whatever shape you're trying to end up with before you switch it to flower, but they're also not prone to stress as much as autoflowers because flowering for autoflowers is like a defense mechanism. When the plant is stressed, it can go into flower. Very tiny, very small autoflower. 
that wouldn't happen with photo period as long as you keep giving them enough light. No, no long dark periods for the flowers to start coming out. Also, photo period are, are genetics that you can clone indefinitely, meaning just planting one seed, you can grow one plant and take as many clones as you want. Clones are branches that you cut off and they develop roots and they get planted and grow into full mature plants. So technically you can grow an entire forest from just one seed. That you can't really do with autoflowers. Uh, this works with photoperiod. If you try to do it with autoflowers, those branches that you cut off the clones, by the time they root, they have an internal clock to automatically flower. So the clones are going to flower small at the same time as the mother plant is going to flower. That's why you just don't want to do it. But cloning photo periods, that's what everybody does. Everybody who grows photos eventually starts cloning and producing clones because Clones are so much faster. You don't have to wait for the growth from seed. And it's a no-brainer. You're not spending money on seeds. You're just cutting branches and turning them into more flower. So you could grow a whole room from just one mother plant. Eventually, I'd like to do that. Anyway, back to the seeds that I sent you. I did not want to send you auto-flowering seeds. Even though a lot of people know I love auto flowers and that's all i grow in the solo cups but i wanted to send you photo period photo period are the first ones that i started with they're much easier to manage in my opinion than autos uh, you will be able to have that full experience of growing cannabis for the first time I can't wait to see what you do, no matter what you choose to do with it. It's going to be a great, great journey because I know you're passionate about this plant. And I have a feeling you're going to have a really good experience growing it and, you know, consuming what you grow. It's, it's a really great feeling. I can't wait. It should have landed. Did you check a tracking? Yeah, not yet. The mailman usually comes around 4 p.m. So, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I'll, what I'll do. I think one one thing that I'm keen to try is if I just throw one seed in nature, what will happen? You know? Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, you have the outdoor <laughs> space, you might as well. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to find a spot that's uh, that has some light, that has some darkness, that has some water, and like just throw a seed there and uh, let's see. Um, I mean, there is the, the the whole seed. The whole seed question is interesting because right now there are uh, just to to kind of dump down what you what you said and repeat it to myself. You have three categories of seeds. You have the regular seeds, regs. You have feminized, then you have autoflower. Um, regular seeds, you plant them, and you can only know the sex of the plant once there is flower. Yeah, think of it as a lemon tree. And so when there is flower, then that's when you know whether this is this is uh, this is a lemon or or it's a lime, and that's when you know. And so only the female flower is a cannabis 
THC-containing plant. The male one is not. The male one is garbage. Well, it's not garbage. The male one can help with producing seeds. And so the male one is what people use to breed between plants and create new genetics and yada yada. So far, am I correct? So far, I think you got everything correct, except autoflowers also come in regular and feminized. You mentioned there's feminized and regular, and then you mentioned there's photoperiod and autoflower. A lot of people think regs, regular refers to photoperiod, and I, I just wanted to make that distinction. There's regular autoflowers and regular photoperiods, just like there are feminized autoflowers, feminized photoperiods. Also, the pollen doesn't have to come from males. There's a way to make the females produce pollens, and that's how you get feminized seeds. Is by spraying them with colloidal silver? Yeah. Reversing the sex and making that female give you male sex parts, basically pollen sacs. Right. And that's how breeders make feminized seeds. That's interesting. And so from the moment you get the seeds, what the hell do I do? Like, let's say the mailman just came and gave me my nice cannabis seeds. What do I do with them? Uh, a lot of people... <laughs> I'm serious because I really have I really have no answers to that. It's, it's almost like my my first reaction is I'm just going to Google like what, what to do with cannabis seeds. Yeah, thankfully... <laughs> but also I know you have... Thankfully, you don't have to Google that. I'll tell you that right now. See, in the cannabis growing world, there's a lot of conflicting information. and There's so many different ways of doing everything. You're not going to find one single method of doing something. I can tell you the way I germinate the seeds, but I know some people that go right to the dirt and dig a little hole and put that seed in there and start watering it. It could be that simple, but for a better success rate, I'll tell you how I germinate my seeds. So you're going to get the package. You're going to open the pack of seeds. There's a little vial. There's like six seeds in there or something. I sent you some lemoncello by Copycat Genetics. If you grow them outdoor, they should be nice. But we're going to try to have you start a setup indoor when it's cooler. And here's how you're going to germinate them. Get your package, grab the seeds, grab, grab maybe one or two seeds, no more. You want to save some for later in case of failure. And just pour a little bit of pure water. Like even, I don't know how bad tap water is where you are. But I usually use reverse osmosis water. It's the water that I drink. Just put a little bit in the cup and drop the seeds in it. You want to pre-soak those seeds. I usually pre-soak them for as long as it takes for them to crack and to see the white tail starting to come out. If the seed doesn't crack in the water, I'm not going to take it out. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would argue that there's no need for this. You could just put it in the dirt and water it and it'll grow. But from experience, 
planting seeds has kind of made me anxious, like a little stressed if something doesn't sprout, like what is going on? Is it stuck underneath? Is it not reaching enough water? Is it actually germinating? Like, is it even cracked? And, you know, is it going to fail? Should I plant another one? However, when you pre-soak them and then do the paper towel method, I'm about to tell you, you make sure you plant a plant. I have a hashtag on, on Instagram. It says, plant plants, not seeds. I believe in planting plants because when I planted seeds, I was always stressed out. Like, they're good genetics. I don't want them to go to waste, but some of them don't sprout, and that's super stressful. As opposed to having a seed in the water and it's not cracking. Okay, that seed is not going to sprout. Just going to keep it in the water. Maybe I'll add some hydrogen peroxide. By the way, hydrogen peroxide in water. Maybe one part hydrogen peroxide, five parts water will help crack the seeds. Will help fasten the germination. Anyway, after you soak them until you see them crack, it might take 12 hours. It might take 48 hours. Once they crack, you move them to a damp paper towel. Make sure the paper towel is not too wet. Just spray it, I guess. Just make sure it's nice and damp. Put that crack seed in it. Close the paper towel. Put it in the Ziploc bag. Close the Ziploc bag. Leave it somewhere where it doesn't get too cold or too hot. And after a couple of days, I don't know, maybe after three days, it depends. You, you would have to check on it and see. What I like to do, I like to leave them in that paper towel germinating until I see the shell come off of the leaves. When I see those initial leaves unravel and I see green then it's ready to plant that's why I think that's why I say plant plants not seeds I wait until I see the green before I plant it then I know it's definitely growing and I think this is a good method for you to do as a first time grower pretty sure there are listeners who are going what no first timer just throw the seed in dirt and water it well uh gonna have you try to start growing the way I'm growing right now. I want you to avoid some mistakes that I made in the beginning. You know, the last thing you want is to plant seeds in the dirt outside and not have anything sprout. It's not a good way to start this journey. There is a way to test for this. I mean... I'm happy to be proven wrong, but if there is anyone that's listening now that says no, I'm happy to test planting a seed according to Nameless and the way he described it and planting a seed in dirt. See which one works. <laughs> test in public. So just to repeat, I have purified water. I'm just going to put uh, one one seed in it. In a, uh, I'm going to put it in a cup, put two, one or two seeds there, wait for them until the shell cracks or until the seed shell cracks. Once it cracks, I'll bring a paper towel. Should it be a damp paper towel or just a regular paper towel? From my experience, try to get a paper towel that's not of a very good quality. 
try to buy a roll of paper towel from a grocery store that costs like a dollar for the roll or like two dollars. Try to get low quality, not those super nice ones, because what ends up happening is the taproot from the seedling will grow into their paper towel and it's hard to slide it out. But if the paper towel is not very good quality, it just, you know, it grows on the surface. It's fine. I have a million dollar idea for you right now. Say again? I have a million dollar idea for you right what now. What is it? Uh, a paper towel roll that's made completely of hemp paper that's made exclusively to grow seeds. And it's not just cannabis seeds, any seeds. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Well, that's a product that I'm, I'm positive is going to be available one day. Well, is it available today? Not, not that I can think of. Nope. There's no okay. hemp produced paper in the commercial world because hemp is not legal to use in the industrial field. And lately it's only becoming legal to grow for production for medicinal purposes, like for CBD and stuff. I don't know if anybody produces hemp for anything else other than CBD right now. So here's a, there's actually a brand. I did a quick, uh, quick Google search. Um, and here's what it says uh, on greenseason.com. It says, surprisingly, the first toilet paper made in the U.S. used hemp as the pulp source material. Hmm. Um, this is like the very first TP that was made in the U.S., <laughs> okay so originally americans used to wipe their butts using cannabis originated paper towels and then they criminalized the cannabis so basically they didn't want to wipe their asses <laughs> they realized we don't want to be boofing anymore <laughs> i did not okay. know that's how toilet paper started yeah that's the first tp in the u.s i'll I'll add link reference to the show description. Uh, yeah, it would be an interesting question, actually, if that can be made again. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you get in touch with a hemp or CBD farm, they'd probably be okay actually selling just the leftovers of the plant for someone that wants to produce paper. You know what? Um, it is a million-dollar idea, and I really hope somebody listening is not going to steal it until we get around to it. But if they do, hey, this is what it's all about. I wish someone actually that that's listening just to go fucking do it because I'm I'm sure if this person figures out how to source real uh, or make real paper out of out of hemp leftover, then that's not gonna just benefit us. It's gonna benefit the world at large. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I'm I'm pro stealing ideas. Yeah. <laughs> just go fucking go do them. Um, I'll be I'll be cheering for you from here. Um, okay, so I'll put my, my seed in the paper towel and then put it in a Ziploc bag and basically just wait for three days? Or can I... Sorry, the, uh, should the paper towel be damp? Like, should it be wet or can it be dry? Well, or should it be dry? It can't, it can't be dry. It has to have some kind of moisture. But you also okay. don't want it to be dripping wet. Like, make it wet and then squeeze the water out of it, for example. 
You know, you want you want that tap root to go out looking for water. You don't want the seed to feel like it's surrounded by water already. You want the root to search for that moisture. And yeah, just close the paper towel. You can check it every 24 hours to see if it's making progress, if you see if it's ready. I've had some seeds that were ready after 24 hours. Some of them take, I don't know, 72 hours, maybe even longer. I've also made the mistake of letting them sit in the paper towel too long and the tail was too long and it was hard to plant and it ended up too shallow. The root was not going deep enough in the medium and the plant died as a result. So there's definitely a, there's definitely a window of time. Like you're going to be able to tell by checking on them to see if that shell is coming off. And also the shell of the seed has a membrane that is also usually on those first leaves. That membrane should come off too. I like to remove it manually before planting. So the shell and the membrane have to be completely off. And I need to see the, the green leaves actually opening up before I plant it. That's just the way I do it. That's the way I want you to do it. <laughs> and yeah, that's um, the way I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, when it's time when it's time to plant, when you see that tail that's long enough and the, the leaves opening you want to mm -hmm. put the tail down in the hole and the leaves close to the surface so if that tail is too long it can be really tricky burying it all the way down that's why you don't want it to grow too much like when the leaves open when as soon as the shell comes off that's it it's ready to go um yeah you're gonna do you're gonna dig a hole just with like a pen or with your finger and just bury that tail deep and leave the leaves in the surface and well let's get you to this part i don't have instagram on my on my phone but once in a while i just go on this stuff and check stuff and messages and, and whatnot and i randomly saw on your profile today funny germination seed thingy where you're trying to put the what's it called the tail or whatever yeah. <laughs> the root the root <laughs> you're trying to put the the root and the root didn't want to go into the hole that was that was really funny yeah and it, it was funny that you were talking about it now because i'm like oh shit i just saw this this morning <laughs> exactly and i saved it as a highlight on my profile and I that's where i saw it that's actually where i saw it yeah. from funny grow clip that's what happens if you wait for it to because what happened with that seeds i started germinating those they were in the paper towel for a week maybe even more because i was supposed to plant those on thursday night but i realized i need to wait for soil because i don't want to plant them in straight cocoa i haven't been having great result with straight cocoa for seedlings to be planted in uh, so I, I had to order soil and wait for it monday so instead of planting them thursday or friday they waited until monday to be planted that's how the tail got too long and i had trouble planting it but yeah that was funny i had people messaging me saying yep 
I know the exact struggle I've been there. That, that so basically when you leave it for too long, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's what happens. I'm probably gonna lose that plant. I don't know if it's gonna grow because that tail, that root was planted too shallow. I think. Yeah, can't can't you just like strap the tail with the with a with a wire and needle and basically just like pull it from the bottom? Well, you know, I guess you can, but they say try not to touch the tap root. Try to oh, avoid okay. touching it as much as you can. But in hindsight, I realized that I should have used like some sort of toothpick or something to or, lower yeah, some bamboo it. thing yeah yeah but you know i don't have the fine motor skills for this stuff it was hard enough trying to do it with one hand trying to guide it with another it's just not something i'm capable of so it's okay that's just one seed that you know i've got a lot of those one thing you're gonna learn once you start growing and you get into it is you can never have enough seeds. You're going to be buying seeds forever. It's almost an addiction, bro, for all home growers. Anybody you talk to, they'll be like, holy shit, I spent so much money on seeds over the years. Like, it's a running joke now. The husband and wife memes... The husband would do this for the wife and the wife would be like, okay, you can go buy those seeds now. You know, shit like that. Buying seeds has become a real problem for home growers, like a real addiction. It's a money pit. But thankfully, I don't buy it. I still buy seeds, of course, when there's like a new Mephisto drop that they're not sending me or, you know, but... Some of my favorite breeders are sponsors, so I was blessed with a bunch of packs from my favorite people who make seeds. One day I'd like to to have some nameless genetics. Well, there's already a nameless genetics company out there here in California. They They make some really, really good flour, but... Eventually, I'd like to have my own line of feminized genetics. No dudes. No guys in my garden ever. Uh, one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not cool with, with dudes in, in the garden. Um, you mentioned, I want to go back to, well, just to close on Money Pit. Um, I ordered this, and this, this is actually funny and some, somehow I've already seen it come in uh, when I knew that you are sending me those seeds I got too excited and I saw that there's this, these uh, uh, genetics that I've been waiting for, for a long time. It's this new compound that's called tetrahydrocannabavirin and it's THCV. Basically three years from now you'll stop thinking on and uh, seeing CBD everywhere, and you're probably going to see THCV. Wait, wait, wait. What? T are you saying THCV as in Victor? Yeah, that's correct. What does yeah. it stand for? Tetrahydrocannabivarin. What is the last word? Varin. Varin. Cannabivarin. Okay. 
I've never heard um, of this cannabinoid. Right. So this is something that I've actually been researching for a while. Uh, we'll definitely have a special episode just about it. And it is some of the most insane shit that I've ever seen in the cannabis world. But again, just watch my word. Three years from now, THCV is going to be everywhere. And so I went ahead and I ordered 10 seeds. Um, I think it's called Dog, Dog's Varian. And I really can't wait to get my hand on THCV flower because the only form of THCV that I've seen so far is either mixed distillates. So like there are cards of like Durban poison and and venom as like it has a very high concentration of THCV, but I haven't really seen much natural occurring THCV. So I'm very excited to get to experiment more with this. And that's kind of the one of the one of the reasons why I selfishly wanted to grow is I really, really want to grow this THCV flower. That's kind of where the story gets tied in. So yeah, I can't wait to this for this to become a money pit. However, here's the funny story. Well, the, what's going to be the funny story in the future? Um, there, there were only regular seeds. And so basically from my understanding now, there's a chance that I could actually create a problem for me. Because if I, if I plant two seeds and one of them turns out to be a male... Then the female, if the second one is a female, then the female is going to be pollinated, which turns into becoming a male. And that's not going to be... Well, you don't have to worry about that because once you see the sex on the male, it's not going to be developed enough to spread pollen onto the female. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as they go into flower you'll be able to see which one is male and which one is female. You'll be able to take out the male before any pollen is actually mature enough to affect any females. You know what I mean? Like, those THCV photoperiod seeds that you have come in direct, you are going to be able to grow them when you're more comfortable growing, when you figured out more space for growing, when, you know, when you're... I guess more intermediate doing it. I really think feminized is the easiest way to start. But one thing to keep in mind is that with those THCV regs, once you find a female, you can keep that female around forever and just take clones and flower the clones and keep the mother. That's the beauty of photo period and that's also some people would argue that with regs that can be done with much better results keeping a mother plant that you clone for a long time apparently people say you find those strong genetics from regs and not from not so much from feminized I, I mean they just argue that nobody really agrees on it. Just like everything else in cannabis growing, really. Nobody agrees on anything. There's a lot of conflicting information and a lot of different ways to do everything, you'll find out. But you'll hopefully stick with my method. Uh, you're not going to go on Reddit and try to ask people the worst place to get Cannabis grow advice is ready. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to piss off the Reddit cannabis community, but 
that has not been a good place for me to to learn when I was first starting. You might have just alienated two million people that we'll never get as uh, as audience in the future. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine. No, but that's that, fine. <laughs> yeah. It, well, n- no, it's not like that. Here's the thing: like the Reddit community is is kind of advanced when it comes to knowledge in general. So I feel like for first timer getting information out of there because there's a lot of conflicting info and a lot of opposing opinions it can be confusing because everybody on there knows so much about everything you know how reddit is (laughs) that's that's absolutely been my experience i think uh, when people gain enough knowledge and they become experts in their fields, they become full of dogmatic ideas. Um, Reddit is one example. The war on drugs is another example. Um, basically, people started to believe the mission that they were after. And they just forgot that whatever they're doing, it needs to be based on reality. And when it comes to Reddit communities, the reality they end up creating becomes their shared reality. And so if you go to like subreddit uh, vaporants, which talks about um, uh, vaporizers, nobody there is going to humor you with debating smoking versus vaporizing. Like I asked a question a couple of weeks ago, just trying to understand people's opinions when it comes to smoking cannabis and vaporizing across different temperatures and different effects and yada yada. And this is a topic that we'll get to in the future. Um, and what I found is this is a large community of supposedly experts that are just shitting on smoking as a form of cannabis consumption. They're missing the point that most vaporizers, well, most vaporizers that you can readily find in the market uh, would I would tap at like 410 degrees Fahrenheit or maybe like 430. The volcano taps at 431. You can go above that. And so the question is, are there any compounds above that that the person that's vaporizing is not extracting from the plant? Simple, stupid question. I wanted just people's opinions. Every single, well, not every, but almost every single answer has been you're just stupid and a moron and smoking is bad for you and vaporizing is the future. Granted, I learned that there are, there were these new forms of vaporizers that are very dangerous but also extremely advanced and um, injector balls. Well, again, we'll talk to about this in, in the future. And injector vapes are a very interesting mix, you know, of both words. It's like you get close to combustion, but you're not combusting. So it's like you're not getting the quote-unquote the bad side of smoking or, or the cancerogenic compounds of, that come with combustion over, overall. Um, so this is just a tangent uh, that I opened. And again, I forgot where I opened this. Tangent. Yeah, you're talking about Reddit. Mm. Right, right. So Reddit. Um, and so that's an example of a community that just like becomes extremely expert in something, but they forget that they come from somewhere and that they need to keep updating their learnings and their view of the world because otherwise they're just going to keep believing the story they tell themselves. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the cannabis community, it's like it is very large and very wide. And so what you end up getting there is just like a random mix of opinions. The subreddit that I'm referring to is Trees. 
And it's a fun place to just go and hang out and scroll and say like people smoking one kilogram blunts. You know, that's fine. <laughs> Do you? But that's really not what I what I what I see the cannabis community to be. So I'm wondering where these people are hanging out, where these conversations that we're having right now are happening. Well, don't have the answer. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's probably a rhetorical question. It's got to start somewhere, right? I mean, yep. There's a lot of YouTubers, some that I listen to myself, but. YouTube is, is technically social media. I sent you that podcast today, those two PhD scientists who are everyday users. And just like you said, I wish there were more people out there doing this because like if somebody wants to listen, not necessarily watch or, you know, engage with anyone, just listen to this stuff because there's so much to learn all the time, especially for people who don't know cannabis. That's who we're trying to reach. Like people who don't know cannabis, like we know it, they only know the, the drug, the substance that is associated with being lazy and high and spending all your money and not doing anything and just, you know, it's that negative connotation of substance that just makes you a delinquent somehow. They don't know the side of cannabis that we are getting to, that more people should be getting to. And I really hope that, like you said, when it's federally legalized and more and more normalized and medical field and everywhere in society, there will be more podcasts and shows about cannabis because like up until recently, recently, I'm not sure what state that was, a state finally made it okay for cannabis companies to show advertisement on TV. I'm like, seriously, they show so much alcohol on TV. Like, just look at just look at the Super Bowl. How come they're able to advertise all of these substances but not cannabis? It's weird. It's already been legalized there. But I guess we're just waiting for federal legalization and hopefully things will change. They are certainly moving in the right direction, but I feel like it's a little slow because... Like I said last time, there was like an entire century of making this plant, this substance look really bad. So it might take another century to go back to using hemp for everything and, you know, considering it just like any other product of cultivation. Any farmer could grow weed anywhere and do anything they want with it. That's the way it should be. Hopefully that's where humanity is headed. You mentioned uh, Super Bowl uh, alcohol ads. And I mean, from experience and just the few data points that I have, um, I don't know a single person that's serious about sports that consumes alcohol. But I know countless that are serious about sports and are in the best shapes of their lives that use cannabis, myself included. So yeah, like I, I long for a day where finally those Super Bowl athletes that I really hope they 
they get tuned when they get a chance after their workouts and before uh, to find uh, the strains and the brands they use in the fucking Super Bowl ads. That would be dope, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it would be cool to see some of these athletes do it openly too, like not right. necessarily do it behind closed doors. Like it's just one of those substances that's going to help you with recovery. It's going to help you with so many other things. Society needs to stop looking at it like a purely, you know, negative. It's only going to affect your brain. You're not going to be thinking straight or acting straight. You should not operate anything. You should not try to do anything because you're under the influence of this substance. Yeah, and this is a a good point to amplify the message. I'm sure you heard about the women NBA athlete, Brittany. Reiner. She's yep. nine years in prison in, in Russia. For, for what? I don't even know if she had any cannabis on her or if that was even was, if that was um, THC cannabis. You know, it probably was just some CBD oil type shit and um, the whole thing just went out of control. It's sad to see that. It's equally sad to see all the people in the US and all over the world still being incarcerated for cannabis related use crimes, which is insane. Yeah, I feel like politicians are stalling and the public is getting outraged because they were trying to offer like some really high class criminal in exchange for her freedom. And I'm like, she was only caught there with less than a gram cartridge vape. And we have so many people here incarcerated for possession, but were willing to give up international criminals to get her out of there, but we're not doing anything about people incarcerated here for the same thing. It's kind of hypocritical. Um, I mean, it depends on which context you look you, you look at it. I, I agree. If you're if you're in the U.S., then obviously the the larger problem is more problematic. But at the macro level and just global level, it's kind of the U.S. by trying to negotiate to get her back, it's almost like they're putting their their mouth where their uh, whatever the expression is, um, and kind <laughs> of money is. yeah, where their money is, which is well, we are actually becoming more lax about this whole issue, mm. and so we are willing to do this much to just like at least at the inter- international level show that they are supportive of something that everyone thinks is bad. Uh, so I think like in my very small opinion it's it's it sends a much bigger signal but i also agree about the wider issue in the u.s which has to do with how the whole prison system is 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 built which i'm not gonna get into that while we're on the sports subject you mentioned and motor skill subject you meant you mentioned motor skills twice when we were talking about trimming and i see you now you're like patiently taking every uh, bud and every flower and trimming it and making it nice and cute and uh, I, I, I'm sure I'm sure that helps with how the flower grows and how it looks but also the final result of how, what it contains but let's talk about how that is related to motor skills but also let's talk about motor skills in the context of something you mentioned before and I haven't asked you about much which is um, being in a band and how those two things are related or three things actually. Yep, that's uh, that's how motor skills started 
affecting me by directly affecting my main hobby at the time. Um, and just to be clear, this is know, this M- I... M- the MS effect that that basically starts to destroy your nervous system and affects your motor skills. Yep, that's what happened when I first got diagnosed with MS. I was in a band. I was playing in a band for a few years. We were pretty active. Like I drove across a couple of states to pick up my bandmate and go to practice in a different state. So that was done for a couple of years. And eventually the the advancement, the exacerbation of my MS started affecting my left arm so much. Well, MS is really affecting the left side of my body as a whole. I thought it was a stroke at the beginning. But my left arm, which is the arm that I really need for accuracy and stamina on a bass guitar, because if I can't control the frets, I can't hit the notes on time, I can't keep the rhythm, then that's it. That's what happened. Um, I, I remember I was playing a show in a basement, and I felt that that attack like my arm was getting clenched and I could not control it and you know the song probably sounded really bad as a result um my band is like one of my main hobbies that I lost to the progression of multiple sclerosis and it was a it was a big it was a big eye opener um, that allowed me to kind of, well, it's it's that bad. If I can't do this anymore, then you know i i have to I have to be able to find some kind of relief and reinvent myself and go in another direction that I'm as passionate about as I am about music. Because music is my first passion. Everybody will tell you this. I've been into music for as long as I remember. Growing up, listening to my dad play rock and roll. Like, we always listened to the music from the U.S. The hippies movement. Like, from the 60s, my father was recording songs on his radio on cassette tapes back in the late 70s. And... We were all super passionate about music from the start. So when I started playing with the band here, it was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm never going to stop doing it. But eventually it had to stop. It's it's what it is. I'm, I'm glad I found something I'm as passionate about as I was about the music. I still am passionate about music. It's just not as easy to be part of it or like it's not even easy to go out to see concerts right now like one of my favorite bands is coming again and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to see them i hope they can swing by and say hi in my place um but i'm used to missing shows now as opposed to back then i was playing the shows you know um and yeah multiple sclerosis took that away and now, um, well, 
I made multiple sclerosis my bitch, quote unquote, because right now it's not stopping me from doing what I want. It might just be slowing me down, but I found something that I can do despite MS and I'm just going to keep doing it. Good to, good. I was, I was telling you this yesterday. I'm so glad I met you, Tuned Man, because I feel like I can just keep doing what I'm doing and not feel like I'm just doing it for me. There's other people along for journey and there's going to be more and more, hopefully. So thanks for this, bro. Appreciate you. Hi, I appreciate you. And uh, don't know if you were looking at the screen. I I hope not. But I was uh, um, the the band story hit very close to home. Wait, did I ever tell you that I that I play bass? Yeah, I you did mention you do play bass, but I don't know to what extent or when you picked <laughs> it up or how long you've been playing, how good. Well, let's let me put it like this. Once I send you the draft episode, all edited and done to listen to it, mm-hmm. you'll have a surprise at the end, which will answer Dude. all these questions. <laughs> Dude, I'm always shocked. Like once you finish editing and I listen to the whole thing, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. You really work your magic, man. <laughs> we'll see about this one, but... Um... Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, I picked I picked bass uh, in December of last year and that was super random. I discovered this band called Krungbin and they have they play Thai funk and since then I'm a big fan of Thai music overall. Um, and Krungbin's three person band. Oh, you know you know them, but I'm just explaining to everyone. Yeah, you, you know yeah. them. You've been streaming them live on. On, tw- on yeah. Twitch every single night until Dude, they're, <laughs> they're my most listened to artist of 2021. So same here, same here. Yeah. So like it's 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 wild because I like from when we met and today and like I just like start seeing that we have so many more things in common that any of us could have thought initially, which is which makes this whole thing like wild. Um, so, anyways, I was listening to Chromebean and Chromebean is this three player band. You have the drums and you have the guitar and you have the bass. All three of them are virtuoso musicians. They are the best of the best. The bass, the bass player, however, uh, Laura Lee, she's incredible. Uh, when she plays, you could feel your body move. And I, I listened to, uh, I think it was the Pitchfork 2018 concerts available on YouTube. And that was just like some of the best music i've ever heard especially that they were so unique and so different and it kind of reminded me of what new music is supposed to feel like as opposed to just what pop music sounds like these days or any music that's produced these days sounds like um i mean there there are a lot of artists that are pushing the boundaries um um but but yeah the overall everything skews towards normalized the music culture and so i i fell in love with her play and the sound of the bass and i literally ordered bass the, the next day i didn't know where to start i had no idea i ordered bass the next day and that was it um happened that i was i was uh in uh, in a car with a friend and we were catching up and he started talking about picking up guitar and using this app called musician and uh yeah i've been 
practicing uh, on the app and also just like random tabs and random songs and composing since then, like one to two hours almost every day. Well, except the days where I actually make my fingers bleed, like the past two days I have. Can you, can you look at this? Hold on. <laughs> I have the window minimized with the cameras. Oh, wow. I'm showing, <laughs> showing you my fingers. So this, this is actually what my fingers look like now. Wow. And they're just recovering yeah, because... Yeah, I, I was I was playing some 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 metal, some like very 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 dark metal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember like this. those days, bro. I remember <laughs> those days. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've been I've been playing uh, since then, and it's just like one of the best decisions that I've ever made. But at the same time, when you start talking about letting go of one's identity, I feel like that's that's a step that every single person faces in life at least a couple times. I mean, if your life is very simple and normal and you've done your 9 to 5 and you're tired for a 1K and you died, you probably had that uh, fork at least once, which is when you got married. You know, it's kind of like you have to reinvent yourself from the person who you were for the first X number of years in your life to the person who you're going to become. Um, and when that ceases to exist, then you have to reinvent yourself again as a single person. Because one part of life, an extension of life, an extension of who you are is no longer there. Uh, when I started getting serious about bass, bass started becoming an extension of who I am. It started becoming the way I see the world. I started navigating the world with almost a tempo. You know, like every single thing started having a weird rhythm. It's, I started connecting with, I don't know, like with nature more. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but you just kind of like start to flow with everything because the bass as an instrument is is very temporal. Like you have to be in tune with with time, and that's where tuned man comes from. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. They say bass is. I'm not gonna say this just because I play bass, but they say bass is a backbone of music, and. If you ask anybody, they will tell you that the bassist in every band is the coolest person in the band. It's always bassist. They're so, like, so in touch with reality and so, like, I don't know. I don't want to say woke, but, like, uh, whenever I think of a band and I think of their bassist, you know, when I chat with them, it, they're always different. Bass just makes you, I guess, it makes you more in touch with reality and with nature and with everything, really. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I still fuck with the bass. Um, I have this little one here, the, the ukulele style bass. Um, and this one sounds great. I bought it recently and I still jam every now and then. I'm just not in any capacity to play in a band or anything like that. But sometime we should we should jam together. Uh, I'd like Absolutely. to see where you can play. I can't play much. You're I'm pretty sure you're a lot better than me by now. What's your favorite song to play? Um probably hmm. I I can't really say I have a favorite, bro. Um, well, let's say if you close your eyes and imagine yourself in a concert with your favorite I, band, what would you be playing right now? Um, I would probably be playing bass with the Melvins. Melvins from Seattle, they're like the 
godfathers of sludge metal and like they they inspired Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. They're responsible for a whole generation of musicians and they always changed bassists. They don't have an original bassist. So my dream is to one day play bass for the Melvins with Buzz Osborne and Dale. Um, that guitar player and that drummer are so good at what they do and so well known. Playing bass with them for five seconds on stage, that'd be like a dream come true. Um, if anyone it's knows probably not your type of music. It's sludge metal. It's heavy. It's loud. Uh, you're Krong Bin kind of guy, so I'm not sure. You'd be surprised. The thing about bass and philosophy is an interesting one. I saw this guy on YouTube. His name is Damien Erskine, and he was talking about bass as, a, as an instrument. And it was like the most philosophical 15-minute deep dive and I was just mind blown. And he has an interesting book about the arts of playing bass. It's called The Improviser's Path. Yeah, Because there is a lot of technique and knowledge that's involved in bass, but there is also the moment where you become one with the machine and you just kind of like uh, produce what you feel, you know, like produce the thing that that's driving you, produce the, the you know, that's how you get, uh, you get uh, sludge metal because you have like, I don't know, like deep anger and you just want to like, like let it out. And that's how sludge metal starts. And then, um, I mean, like different genres have different origin stories. But yeah, I think there is a pattern in people that play bass and how they think and how they see the world. So we're talking about letting go of one's identity as being um, not a challenge, but something that everyone has has to deal with. The, I think that the thing that's different here is it's not that you're letting go of an identity that that's easy to get back or it's simple to get back. And the challenge there is how do you create the new identity? It's almost like you have to be reborn to reinvent yourself and see who you are and what you like to do and how you navigate the world. Yeah. Oh, it took a while, bro. Like I stopped playing with the band. Our last show was 2011. Halloween of 2011, we played a set by Motorhead. It was a cover show. Um, I still have a couple videos of that, actually. Uh, but I did not realize that cannabis was my calling until five, six years later. Um, yeah, I stopped playing with the band and during those six years, like, I feel like my world was falling apart and I was just doing everything I could to keep up. Right before I found the actual relief of eating cannabis and smoking it on a regular basis without judgment of anybody and or anything. Like, because even my ex-wife, well, I would say the band was... Uh, Another big reason why my marriage ended up falling apart during those same years is because I spent so much time with the band and 
I was newlywed and my wife was at home. She wasn't working or anything, you know, but I was never home. Never. Um, but um, going back to re reinventing myself, I did not find out that I wanted to do cannabis for years. What I was doing for those years, I couldn't play with the band anymore, but I went to as many concerts as I possibly could. I was seeing, I don't know, a hundred different concerts per year. I remember 2014, I saw like close to 200 bands because there were like 70 of them in a music festival that lasted four days, Maryland Death Fest. I used to go to Maryland Death Fest every year for all four days and enjoy the music all day, all night. Um, yeah, those those were some pretty wild years until I found out, oh shit, cannabis really helps me. Um, wait a minute, I don't have the money to buy this cannabis from government licensed places. I wonder if I can produce my own. That's it. Making something from nothing that helps me, not only physically, mentally, but it gives me a new purpose. Like it gives me something that I really enjoy doing that benefits me in the end. It's not just a hobby. And I guess you could call it an expensive hobby because at first you're just spending money. You don't, you're not producing anything, but it was that one thing that brought me back down to the ground because like i said the whole world was falling apart and by the time i started learning and i started researching and decided to grow to plant my first seeds in the summer of 2018 that's it i never looked back that was it i really hope whoever is ever going through something like that could possibly give it a try and it could be life-changing it was for me it was definitely life-changing um like i don't know 10 years ago i would have never thought in a million years i'll be doing this now however five years ago when i was in the process of reinventing myself i remember my brother asking me Hey, if you had the choice of being anything you want to be as far as occupation, profession. And I thought about it and I was like, I'd like to be a cannabis grower. I'd like to be, uh, well, they, they call themselves grow master. I don't think anybody can be a grow master. But I was like, yeah, I'd like to be a grow master, like a, Maybe eventually an extract specialist, you know, have my own, my own brand, my own thing in this cannabis industry. And here we are. I mean, I'm still not really doing much in the cannabis industry. I'm just producing my own medication right now. But hopefully this is the start of something else. I... I honestly never thought I would ever be slowing down or stopping in any way. 
So I really think the sky is the limit, especially when it comes to home growing, because now with it being more normalized and more legalized and people realizing that it does help in so many ways, I think home growing is the future because who wants to buy stuff outside that you can make in your house? I really think everybody should be growing it at home because everybody's going to realize, hey, well, this only makes things better. So there's no excuse. Don't do it. Hey, this guy can do it. He's in a wheelchair. He could barely move. He's been doing it for years when nobody else did it. So let's get into it. I can't even grow basil. You know, I've been trying to grow. I've been I've been trying to grow basil for years, and every single time I go to Trader Joe's and get a basil pot, it just dies after like, you know, like a week. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I can do it, I'm sure everyone, everyone can do it. But also, you gotta realize that it's not as common as what I thought, because there is no financial incentives. Except if you own a genetics, seed genetics company, or you're reselling seeds or whatever. Like, there is no financial gain in growing at home. I mean, yes, you can sell tents and lead lights and whatever fertilizers, but that's it. When you think about the cannabis as a plant after the growth stage, that's when you have all different brands of strains, and that's when you have all market, all the marketing money that companies are dumping, and you, that's when you have all the dispensary catalogs, and that's where you have, you know, like there is so much more financial gain from the end-to-end, you know, like end-to-end production from farming to production to selling to, like there is a multi-billion dollar industry that is set up just for that. And they won't just give up and say, oh, yeah, we're just going to shut down because people are starting to grow. Like, it's not in their benefit for the individuals to grow themselves, although it's perfectly legal. I think in Oregon, you can grow between like like 12 plants at home or like six maybe per household. And it's like, it is common. It is easy. Everyone should do it as you do basil and better that I do basil. Uh, nameless, this was a great one. See you next time. Yeah, this was awesome. I can't wait to see what you do with those seeds. And I'll see you on the next one. Always yeah, and I'll, I'll document the grow journey that way. I mean, I'll document it uh, here next time we chat, but I'll document it with photos and maybe even videos. And yeah, if I, if I grow a big farm, then everyone that's listening is going to get a sample, obviously, of the seeds, because that's the only thing you can ship.
somebody